Good morning and welcome to Our Lady of Lords. Please rise and join us in our opening song, Holy, 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 number 3-8, Holy, Holy, Holy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ have, mercy. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen.
Let us pray. Show favor, O Lord, to your servants, and mercifully increase the gifts of your grace, that made fervent in hope, faith, and charity, they may be ever watchful in keeping your commands. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. reading from the book of wisdom <clears throat> there is no god besides you who have the care of all that you need show you have not unjustly condemned for your might is a source of justice your mastery over all things makes you intent for you show your mighty when the perfection of your power is disbelief. And in those who know you, you rebuke temerity. And though you are master of might, you judge with clemency. And with much influence, you govern us for power whenever you will attends you and you taught your people by these deeds that those who are just must be kind and you gave your children good ground for hope that you would permit repentance for their sins the word of the Lord you have made shall come and worship you, O Lord, and glorify you. 
reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, the Spirit comes to the aid of our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with inexpressible groanings. And the one who searches hearts knows what is the intention of the Spirit, because he intercedes for the holy ones according to God's will. The word of the Lord. Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowds, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? 
He replied, no, if you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into the barn. He proposed another parable to them. Kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when full grown, it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush, and the birds of the sky come and dwell in its branches. He spoke to them in another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. He spoke to them only in parables to fulfill what had been said through the prophets. I will open my mouth in parables. I will announce what has lain hidden from the foundation of the world. Then dismissing the crowd, he went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He said in reply, he who sows good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, the good seeds, the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are the angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Um, brief update before we dive in. Uh, isn't it funny how announcements creep into like homily time? Uh, but brief announcement about our air conditioning, because I know you're all sweating. Our air conditioner is totally dead. Um, it is beyond all hope. We've resurrected it three times, and uh, there's no hope for it in this life. So um, we're looking at options for the rest of the summer to try to keep the church cool, it's really expensive. And so I don't know what's going to happen. We'll have to make a decision about that here in the coming week. Um, but hopefully today's homily will help you see we can suffer a little bit. <laughs> Not the worst thing on earth, being a little bit hot. Okay, so now that you're good and depressed, here we go. 
probably the worst 14er, right? If you're new to Colorado, we have a lot of uh, people moving here these days. Right? Colorado has 54, 14,000-foot peaks. And we who, you know, Coloradans refer to those as the 14ers. And so the, the really popular thing to do is to climb the 14ers. Uh, Deacon Darrell's son climbed his last, he climbed all 54 of them, the last one on his 30th birthday. It was pretty cool. But the worst one to climb, if you're going to climb one, the absolute worst one to climb is Mount Evans. And here's why. I've climbed Mount Evans, and you start, the trailhead starts, I don't know, it starts pretty high, like maybe 9,000 feet, something like that. And it's a beautiful hike. It's not the most difficult one of the 14ers, uh, and there's great views, and it's, it's wonderful, and you kind of go, you up by some lakes, and the, the Chicago lakes are back in this basin, and then you get to the top, and you think, wow, this has just been amazing. And right at the top when you get there is a parking lot. And there's all these people who are from Florida or Alabama or wherever who just drove to the top. And you're like, I hate you. <laughs> there is, there's just something really defeating when you climb Mount Evans that there's people who didn't have to actually hike. That they just took the paved road and they calmly and easily got out of their cars and they got to enjoy the same view as you did. But isn't it also true, and I'm just going to say it is, that they missed something. Those who took a long time out of their day and hiked up thousands of feet, there's a greater experience there, there's a deeper appreciation, there's a way that they see that mountaintop in a certain way that someone who just got out of their car doesn't. Today I want to talk to you about seeing. We're in the heart of, of Matthew's gospel. The last two weeks, now I wasn't here last weekend, but uh, last weekend, this weekend, and probably next weekend I haven't looked yet, we're in the Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13 is the absolute center of Jesus' teaching in the Gospel of Matthew. It's the high point in many ways of the Gospel. In Matthew 13, Jesus tells seven parables about the kingdom of God. And over and over again in this chapter, he's going to talk to you and I about seeing. Do you actually have eyes to see? If you were here last weekend... Jesus quotes Isaiah chapter 6. He says this, and they say, why, why are you speaking in parables? And Jesus says this, he says, With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, You shall indeed hear, but never understand. You shall indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, their ears are heavy of hearing, their eyes they have closed. Lest they should perceive with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn from me to heal them. Don't you wish, so many times people come to me and they say, Father Brian, I just want to know what God wants from me. So many people today, Christians and non-Christians alike, 
They think if God's real, if Jesus is real, why doesn't he just speak plainly? Why doesn't he just tell me, hey, forgive that person down the street that cut you off last week, or I want you to become a nun, or whatever it might be. We wish that God was more direct with us. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But what Jesus does is he comes back to us and he tells us a parable. And that he's always doing this in the Gospels. you ever wonder why he does that? Why doesn't he just come out plainly and say what he wants to say? He tells stories, he tells parables. And we always wish it was different. And here's the point. The basic point I want to get you to today is that Jesus wants you to take the hike and not the car ride. Parables, brothers and sisters, are meant to engage your heart. Right? When you heard the gospel today, did you kind of zone out? How many of you did? I know you did. Come on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, Ed. All right. The rest of you are liars. You've heard this story before. And what do we do when we hear things? We're used to them and we shut down. And Jesus today says that we're tired of hearing and we're tired of seeing and so we close our ears and our eyes and we shut down our hearts. And here's the deal, brothers and sisters, being a Christian is not about just knowing what to do. It's about your heart. And Jesus tells parables because he wants you to look inside yourself and not just ask, do I go to church on Sunday or was I baptized a Christian? Those things are necessary and they're the beginning. But Jesus wants more. He wants your heart. That's what parables are all about. So at the beginning of this section, Matthew 13 begins like this. It says, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and he sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got in a boat and sat there, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. So Jesus goes outside of a house, and he goes and he teaches, and he teaches all in parables. But then today we heard this. Then he left the crowds, and he went into the house. Must have been air conditioning in there, right? He left the crowds, he went into the house, and his disciples came to him saying, "'Explain the parable of the weeds and the wheat.'" So this is important. Brothers and sisters, when you come to Mass, do you listen to the Word of God? Even better, what if during the week you looked up the Gospel and you read it prayerfully? When you came to Mass, it's going to speak to you in a deeper way. Did you notice today that Jesus had been outside of a house and whenever he's outside, he speaks in parables. And when he comes inside this house, he takes with him his disciples and he explains the parables. The disciples are those who took the hike. They're the ones who took a chance. And Jesus, that quotation we, we um, quoted earlier is from last Sunday, the same chapter. When Jesus quotes Isaiah 6, that's what it's all about. In Isaiah's gospel, it's not just that God says, hey, you know what, I don't want anybody to get what I'm saying. That's not the point of that quotation. The point of the quotation is that people's hardness of heart 
has made them incapable of seeing the truth. In all the parables in this chapter, brothers and sisters, today's gospel, the whole point is that if you think that's about somebody else, you are not listening. You see, Christianity isn't merely about knowing things. It's about your heart. That mysterious place inside you that is either open to God and has room to follow after him or doesn't. And I was praying today in my holy hour this morning and I had to confess, I was like, Lord, I have been closed to you recently. I've been closed. Last week you heard the parable of the sower. And there's different kinds of soil, right? And I hope what you did when you heard that is you said, what is my heart like? Does my heart, is it good soil that bears fruit? Is it actually open to God? When Jesus sows the word, it says, a sower went out to sow. In Isaiah 55, the sower who sows the word is God himself. What's your heart like? My friend, Father Glenn, he has his like, first homily as a new priest a long time ago. He had that parable, and he was so proud of himself. He got up, and he was like, I had the best opening line as a priest. He got up, and he said, so what kind of dirt do you people think you are? <laughs> and everyone loved him. But that's what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to look inside of ourselves. And by the way, by being purely obedient just to God's laws can be a way that you can close your heart to God, ironically. That's what the Pharisees did. They were super meticulous about checking every box, but their hearts weren't actually open to God. Love of God and openness to him leads to obedience, but we always have to have our hearts open. So I want to read you a quote from Pope Benedict on this. He has such a wonderful line. He says this. He says, The knowledge of God is a way. Right? That's the first name for Christianity. I preach about that all the time. Way, hodas. To be a Christian is to take a chance. It's to be open. It's to be a disciple. The knowledge of God is a way. It means discipleship. It is not revealed to an uncommitted, permanently neutral observer. Right? If you're on the fence, if you're on the fence and you say, like the crowds, all right, Jesus, prove it to me. I'll come out, I'll come out and hear you teach by the seashore, but I'm not going to follow you unless you can kind of prove it to me. Show me a miracle, right? That's what Herod Antipas says when he wants Jesus to act like a clown before him. The knowledge of God is a way. It means discipleship. It is not revealed to an uncommitted, permanently neutral observer. 
but rather it is disclosed in the measure in which one sets out on the way. The only possibility to really come to know God more deeply is taking a chance. It's a disciple. It's someone who goes into the house. The disciples who went into the house with Christ are the ones who spent the first 12 chapters of Matthew following him. They left something behind, and that meant they were able to see And that's true for each of us. Brothers and sisters, you can't see God unless you leave your life behind. Over and over, Jesus in this chapter talks about seeing. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. In Matthew chapter 5, on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Do you want to see God? Do you want to be a real Christian? You have to leave something behind. I want to leave you with one just kind of example of that today. Yesterday, a very strange thing happened. Uh, a friend of mine, and I announced this two weekends ago, who's a parishioner here, her name's Andrea Polito. Yesterday, Andrea, Andrea is 26, I think. Oh, no, no, she's in her early 30s, she's like 30. But Andrea, yesterday, at the cathedral, took vows that she would remain celibate the rest of her life, that she would embrace poverty, and that she would be obedient fully to God through the bishop. She took a chance, a big one, a big one. And someone reminded me, she knew Father Goronsky, you've heard me talk about Father Goronsky. There was a speech last night when someone quoted Father Goronsky and he had this wonderful phrase that he would repeat over and over again. And he would say, being a Christian, if you're a Christian, we don't know where we're going. Doesn't it feel like that sometimes? <laughs> it's like, we're, where are we going? He's, Father Gronsky always said, as Christians, we don't know where we're going, but we do know the way. Jesus is the way. parables. I challenge you today, brothers and sisters, go home today. The parables are Jesus speaking not just to your head, but to your heart. Can you take a chance? Can you leave your life behind? The parable today are the weeds and the wheat. The early church fathers say that that's a parable about your heart. In your heart are weeds and wheat. And Do you recognize that? Do you see the battle inside of you? The parables are addressed to you. To be a Christian is to take a chance. It's to surrender something out of love and out of faith and out of hope. And so Jesus, today give us ears to hear. Lord, give us eyes to see. Jesus, help us to actually be disciples. Lord, that we can leave behind our old life that we can purify our hearts. Blessed are the pure of heart. Jesus, make my heart pure. Lord, help us to leave behind our lives that we might truly see.
Let us now stand and profess our faith.